Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. The show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stop putting your online data at risk. Get protected at expressvpn.com slash unleashed. Uh, big news, I guess. Nobody's even talking about the presidential race anymore. But uh, as far as the Democratic nominee, it's going to be Joe Biden, as I have suspected all along. <laughs> uh, Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race yesterday. I know. Sad, right? Oh, it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Democrats, thank you for at least not going for the curmudgeonly unlikable, nearly 80-year-old Marxist. Thank you. <laughs> Did you Thank see- you for that. Do we? Ha- I forgot. Did I ask for the tweet of his former press secretary who said something like, well, on the plus side, with Bernie dropping out, I can drop the word Democrat from... There it is. Yes. On the plus side. Thank you, Rob. I can drop the Democratic from my tweets about why socialism is good. Oh, my God. Press secretary to... Wow. To... Uh, well, that shows you. Bernie. I mean, that, that tells you a lot right there. <laughs> These people are just flat out Marxists. Yep. Uh, it's really, uh, it's, it's, un, it's unbelievable that the Democrat party has entertained them for so long, embraced them completely. They've completely embraced them. Yeah. The Democrats have become socialists. And so, um, there's just no, is there any question about that now? I don't think so. I think that question has been answered. And so Bernie's gone and, uh, gear guts, a pat head just tweeted out just moments ago. Are we going to get a Happy Days or Here Again song oh. of Bernie dropping out, huh? Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that clears the path yeah. for for Joe Biden. Uh, everything else is just a formality now. And, you know, I, I mean, does that mean that you just don't do the primaries? I don't think so. I think they still do them, right? Uh, in fact, Bernie has vowed to stay on the ballot. What is that? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand, understand. That. He's just trying to make a point now that, yeah, yeah people are going to vote for him anyway. I, I, I don't. You can still vote. <laughs> That's weird. I don't know why he's doing that. Very weird. You're yeah. either in or you're out. If you're, if you're out, why do you want to even be on the ballot? So, uh, so a quote, to exert influence. Exert influence, okay. End quote. What does that mean? Just so that he can have some delegates maybe down the line? Maybe. Is he just tired of traveling um, during the coronavirus stuff? And you don't understand this. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's strange. Yeah, It's a strange goal to stay on the ballot once you've dropped out of the race. Now he's, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that before. He's right about this. He says uh, that they're winning the ideological battle and winning the support of so many young people. So that's true. Um, and frightening. Just yeah. really horrible. Really horrible. You can keep um, putting your, I guess, finger in the dike for lack of a better phrase, but uh, that wall, that's about to bust loose for the Democrat Party on who their future nominees are going to be every four years going forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think you hold back that tide of having a Marxist, an outright Marxist, as your nominee beyond this year. Beyond this cycle. Which is why I've said for some time now, you can never elect a Democrat again. <laughs> because they're just too they're too extreme, they're too radical, they're too out there. They're too Marxist. They're socialist Marxist communists. And we just can't have that at the head of our of our nation. It it can't. Yeah, in the midst of a crisis too. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and never let a good crisis go to waste, which is what they're 
trying to do now, trying to take advantage of this as much as they possibly can and spend as much as they possibly can and get as many people dependent on the government as they possibly can. Uh, and they're doing a good job of it. They've done a, a really good job. And the rest of us have been, uh, I don't know, too preoccupied with other things. Yeah. I, I guess. Um, some tweets that came in after the show yesterday. We mentioned uh, that there were very few illegal border crossings happening right now. <laughs> Virtually zero, right? Yeah. It, because I think for one thing, people don't want to get the virus, and there's a lot of people with the virus here. For another thing, there's 10 million people out of jobs in the last two weeks, and it's going to be a lot worse after uh, this week's report. So there's not a lot of incentive right now to sneak across the border. Uh, but we got this from uh, Muffer Squish. So the number of foreigners entering the country is now closer to the number of foreigners in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, ouch. That, that wow. hurts. That hurts. That's a... Just rub that in. Just keep putting salt in that wound. <laughs> uh, Adam Newell tweets, I know the large major banks, I work for one of them and have my mortgage with it, has al- have already implemented waiving your mortgage. Mm. And if you have a home equity line of credit for three months, but you have to request it and you can do it on the app. Really? Oh, that's cool. So they're not waiting for that's a great. dictate from government. Right, which I hope they wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't want there to be a dictate from government, uh, some kind of mandate. But if the banks just did this on their own, and apparently, according to Adam, they're doing that. Hmm. That's good. So if you, if you ask the bank for a three-month moratorium, they'll give it to you on your mortgage? I guess this bank, this, this particular bank at least. Said the large major ones. Okay. Uh, I'm with the major one. I wonder if they'll just... Uh, Call them. I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to. In fact... Hey, you mind if I don't pay my mortgage for three months? It'd be really helpful for me see. right now. Hold on. Let me just start a to-do list for today. Mm-hmm. Call... Call Chase Bank. The mortgage mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three-month delay. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Have you been impacted by the coronavirus? Haven't we all, ma'am? Haven't we all? Haven't yeah. we all? Come on. Yeah, in some way, at least. Haven't we all? Uh, according to a, a survey, that only 80% of us have been affected by it. <laughs> who are those 20% who are like, nah, it's not affected me at all? <laughs> only 80%. <laughs> who hasn't been affected by this? That's a strange uh, poll there. Sure is. It's, it's the same number of people that always say, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? If you, you haven't been affected by this? Come on. Everybody's been affected by this. Everyone. When you're when you're when businesses are closed, when you can't go to restaurants, when all you can do is go to the grocery store and back home again, you've been affected by this. Even if you're able to go to work, you've been affected by this. We certainly have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had some family over um, last last night, and so we had four cars in our driveway, and we were a little nervous that somebody was going to call the police on us. Wow. And, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Have us dragged out of our homes, I guess, and beaten yeah. with clubs. Yeah. Uh, put in prison for 90 days. Or... I mean, back in olden times, it was just you weren't allowed to have a Bible study at your house. Now you're just not right. allowed to have anybody at your house. It was all our kids, you know, our kids and grandkids. And they only go to their house and our house and back. And that's it. And But if when you've got that many cars outside somebody's going to say, hey, something's going on at that house. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't have that many people there. And they call. <laughs> we, the police didn't show up, so uh, maybe we have great neighbors. I don't know. I've never met any of them. 
Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you were the neighborhood gadfly. Yes, I am. I am. I was kidding. Oh, okay. I just see it if you were paying attention. Yeah, there. totally. Yeah. Yeah, because you know me. I mean, I am the most gad of all gadflies. And so I'm flitting around the neighborhood like crazy. Hold on. All I the just... time. Gad is a word. I got to look that the one up. The most gad of all the gadflies. Well, okay, so... Gad's a word. <clears throat> is it? Who knew? Hmm. What does not, it mean? I don't know that you want me to do that. Okay. I mean, it means uh, to move about <laughs> restlessly and with little purpose. Really? You are a gadfly, yeah, huh? I am. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my purpose is just to talk to as many people right. as I possibly can. By the way. That's my purpose. Walking around the neighborhood, <laughs> I guess, is a thing. Uh, who knew, right? Because mm-hmm. last night I did that and... My goodness, there are so many people Everybody's out. doing it. It's just yeah. like, yep. like I had noticed pulling into the neighborhood over the last few weeks that, wow, there's more people out and about. But you go in the evening now, mm-hmm. and it's Everybody's like, out. That's when, you, that's when you rob the houses in the neighborhood, because everybody is walking. It's interesting, yeah. It's, I've noticed that, too. Uh, because that's all there is to do. But they don't want to stop and talk to you. Nope. Because, they don't want to get anywhere yeah, near you. They don't want to. You don't want... Um, uh, I, hopefully we can play the Justin Trudeau clip because uh, you don't want to speak the way he is warning you not to speak uh, uh, in public right now. Um, would you like to see this clip? Because I think it really applies here uh, right. to our conversation. Let's see what old Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, had to say yesterday. Uh- my understanding of what Dr. Tam explained yesterday uh, is that if people want to wear a mask, uh, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking uh, moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. Uh, but uh, it actually uh, is something that people can do on them. Uh, in certain situations. Speaking moistly. It, it prevents yeah. you from breathing. Yeah, don't breathe. Which <laughs> I don't want it to do that. That's what he said. So, and then it prevents you from speaking moistly. <sighs> Prime All Minister right. of Canada, Justin Trudeau, don't speak moistly. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Anyhow, but yeah, so you're seeing everybody walking around the neighborhood, but ain't nobody stopping to chat. They're not even look turning their head toward you. Right. It's like, come on, man. Stop. I uh, got this from Rants Out Loud. Reporters to Democrats. Do you like trick Triscuits? Reporters to Republicans. I hear you like Triscuits. Why do you condone the slave labor of Nabisco and the pollution from their plants with their anti-LGBTQ factories? So perfect. Yeah. So it is. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, and that never gets old. Don't you love it? <laughs> never gets old. Uh, fun tweet here from um, that's making the rounds. A couple of farmers painted their cow and staged a hashtag Tiger King photo shoot. This is why the internet was invented. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. That but poor cow. There you go. Uh, they painted uh, the cow to look like a tiger, and it actually kind of does. Yeah. What do you mean? This unless is, you see it, unless you see its face. This is exactly why the internet was invented, just so we can get. Stage photos of guys dressed like Joe Exotic and their cow painted like a tiger. That's I think that's what Al Gore said. And they really they really do look like uh, mm-hmm. the Tiger King. I don't know if I should um, feel sorry for the cow or or applaud him for being an instant celebrity. Mm-hmm. Her. 
Anyhow, that it, was cool. it is a her? Yeah. I, yeah. I know. Okay. Uh, also, a reporter asked Trump uh, yesterday <laughs> if he's going to pardon the Tiger King. <laughs> Here's uh, that exchange. Um, so it, one of the biggest rating hits um, of the coronavirus, aside from these briefings, has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22-year prison sentence. Uh, he's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Um, your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it. And I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning uh, Joe Exotic. Which son? It must be Don. I had a feeling it was done. Is that what he said? I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? He allegedly hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that. And he was. You think he didn't do it? Are you on his side? Uh, Are you you recommending a pardon? Uh, No, I'm I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You'd be criticized by these. Would you recommend a pardon? I'm not weighing in on time. I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Like I'll take a look. Is that Joe Exotic? That's Joe Exotic. Go ahead. Huh. Uh, to I, his credit, he handled he knows it well. Nothing about it. That's great. Well, yeah, and, and that's great. I love how the guy tries to uh, start the whole thing with like, I mean, look. Aside from these press conferences, uh-huh. uh huh. That's another big ratings get, of course, Mr. President. But uh, Joe Exotic is also uh, big with the ratings. Uh, anyhow, it's just that's where we're at. We're in the middle of a global pandemic, and we're asking questions about a TV show to the president of the United States. Yeah. That's 2020 summed up in a nutshell. But yeah, w- Would right. you advocate for, the, uh, for Joe Exotic to get a pardon from the president? Would you advocate for that? I, I, I'm not familiar not, with the case. You have not watched it. Yeah, I have not. Yeah. You don't have Netflix, I mean, so you can't watch it. Based on his hairstyle... No pardon. The mullet. That's yeah. a that's a prison cut. You're gonna have to live with that. In, I mean, it's a serious walls. mullet too. That is, I mean, there's no getting around that mullet. You're gonna have to live with that. <laughs> He's got to serve the years. full term. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, just based on the hair. Uh, all right. Important message from Howard Dean, who tweeted out: I just told MSNBC I wasn't gonna be on their on their shows as long <laughs> as they're broadcasting Trump's press conference. Oh no! What? Oh no! Don't say that, Howard. I won't make much difference if it's just me, <laughs> but if 50 of you did it, it would make a difference. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, you're not making uh, a difference, period, man. If Howard Dean is not going to be on MSNBC, mm-hmm. oh no, what will we do with our day? <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Uh, but nice try, Howard. Uh-huh. Uh, nice try. What is this obsession with them? Carrying the news conference? Not wanting... It's crazy. The president of the United States to have a press conference in the middle of a global crisis. Right. Yep. Jeez. It's I mean, unbelievable. This is the same party that, that that gets mad when when you say, "Well, I don't want Obama to succeed." You know. Yes. Well, you right. don't even want us to have information from the president of the United States. Don't mm-hmm. jump our crap because you. We don't want the policies of Obama, a Marxist, to succeed. Anyhow, it's just madness. 2020, baby. Here we are. Yay. Also, uh, from Just Two Muck and Fudge, heard on Food Network, kale tastes like spinach, and, uh, oh, kale tastes like if spinach and nickels had a baby. (laughs) That's from Duff Goldman. Kale Uh, tastes like if spinach and nickels had a baby. (laughs) Like, 
Nickel the coin? I guess. And Duff Goldman is a, a chef uh, yeah, he's on the a, Food Network. Yeah, he's a cake baker. That's a, that's a good quote there. So kale that is... is. So spinach and uh, a roll of nickels, probably. Probably. Oh, if they had a baby, a baby, that's what kale would taste like. Okay. So I guess metallic? Is that what he's... It's sort of... I don't know. It's nasty, I will tell you that. I, I will say that I have never tried a uh, spinach and nickel sandwich to be able to take this test. No, I haven't either. Mm. Uh, but I have tried kale, and it's uh, it's nasty, and that's why I don't eat it. <laughs> don't forget YouTube.com slash Pat Gray if you'd like to see Pat's world-famous kale recipe. <laughs> uh but I do get I do get kale vitamins and minerals into my body, and I do that with uh, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. One of the best ways to avoid getting sick is with a healthy immune system, and that's why you should be fortifying your body. If you're like me and you hate kale, you hate spinach, you hate nickels, uh, nickels. <laughs> uh, you don't eat a lot of nickels, a lot of silver. Um, and if you don't if you don't eat vegetables like I don't, then Field of Greens is a great way to go. Every scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. And they boost your energy, support a healthy immune system. Doctors agree. A diet of fruits and vegetables can reduce your risk of heart disease. Plus, it's prebiotic, probiotic. It's a great source of vitamins and fiber and all kinds of nutrients. So just put a scoop of it into a glass of water or a smoothie of some kind and stir it up. You're all done. Right now, save 15% off your first order when you use the offer code PAT at BrickHousePAT.com. You subscribe today while you're there, and you'll save an extra 10% every single month. This virus season, turn your immune system into a brick house with Field of Greens, BrickHousePAT.com. Coming up in just a few minutes, like 20 minutes, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Representative uh, Dan Crenshaw, who's got a new book called Fortitude, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. Uh, and he's just a, an incredible representative. And so Great, uh, former Navy SEAL um, sticks up for himself in such a classy way and uh, isn't part of the outrage culture. I mean, people have said just unbelievable things about him, and he's always really classy and and, and amazing with that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be talking to him in just a few minutes. Also, uh, photos got a couple of photos here showing how uh, congressional Democrats can't seem to figure out how to put on their their masks. <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> Sheila Jackson Lee, Chuck Schumer, Ralph Northam, Al Green. Uh, none of them. Know how to there? Okay, there you go. There's uh, there's Chucky right there. That's uh, with the mask underneath his nose. Yeah, the same nose, with Sheila on. Jackson Lee. The nose goes behind the mask, you morons. Unbelievable. Uh, Al Green has it down below his nose. Yeah, you've defeated the whole purpose, idiot. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Wait, look at there. Okay, there, there you go. There's a winner. There's Ralph Northam. He's doing it right, Mister. <laughs> Blackface mask. He's showing them the way. Congratulations. Uh, buffoons. That's what they are. <laughs> just, just total and complete buffoons. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Added Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Oh, the uh, WHO, the WHO, and their contributions last year. Who's paying the bill for the WHO? 
We all know that the WHO, the World Health Organization, is in bed with China. Uh, I mean, they, we, if we, if we can, if we can find um, where the head of the WHO was asked about Taiwan, and he completely avoided it. We had that last week sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know if you can find that because we should play that again. But the reason they're in bed with China is, I, I guess the guy, the guy in charge is from Ethiopia, and Ethiopia has virtually been. Uh, bought and paid for by China. And China invests all kinds of money in, in Africa. They're trying to uh, take over the continent, and they've done a pretty good job of it. And so all their loyalty is with China, and they make excuses for China. They uh, they turn everything around on the United States. But guess who pays the bill? In 2018 and 19, the WHO contributions from the United States, $900 million dollars. Nine hundred million—that's almost a billion dollars. Wow. Okay. China, sixty-eight million. Wow. What was that graphic? What was that asterisk then? Let me see there, because that one said uh, the biggest financial fifty-eight million. That's going to be paid for the mission. Okay. Oh, uh, that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's Maybe not, that's not the one I'm talking about. Okay. Maybe this is the. Oh, that's just this year. Okay, so. But this this may in fact be okay. We're still about double there, but this may be our entire contribution to the uh, UN and their contribution to the UN, and maybe that's just specific to the WHO. Yeah. Either way, we more than double what China pays. So if you're going to be beholden to anyone, WHO, it should be to the United States of America. And oh, I love the director guy you were talking about from Ethiopia yesterday. He tells Trump to to stop politicizing this crisis if you don't want any more body bags. I don't know. Isn't that how we got here in the first place by you politicizing this? When you guys blatantly ignored Taiwan warning you about what was going on in China and China lying about this epidemic? That's how we got here, because everything about you, just like the United Mm. Nations that you serve under WHO, is political. They don't go at any kind of crisis without a political eye. Just ask Israel. So anyhow, I just think it was really rich to have him calling out Trump yesterday about politicizing. There's a lot of people who have been politicizing this long, long before you get down the list to Trump. And it starts with the WHO and the UN... And the American media and the American left. Donald Trump needs to tell the UN to pack their freaking bags and get out. Get out. Just get your crap and get out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can you can go play with China. Go go headquarter in Beijing. Right. If Do you that. love them so much, go to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Go to Wuhan and headquarter right there. And you can kowtow to China all you want. Yeah, we need to start describing the WHO as the United Nations WHO. Right. Because that's accurate. And did you see where the WHO spends twice as much on travel than they do on medical supplies? I did see that. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it does. Well, we got to go to where the pandemics are, do you? You sit there and you ignore them for months. I didn't see you running in there. Stop it. Okay. Uh, U.S. impact in the World Health Organization. Okay, so this is from this is from the world. This is the World Health Organization website. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, we donated. This is from 2016 and 2017. Nine hundred forty-five point six million dollars. Hmm. 
the American people generously invested over $945.6 million in uh, the WHO for the 2016-2017 period. Wow. That's... So what I found... So what was that number? I don't know. The maybe, smaller number is... Is that the Trump effect? That is. is that the Trump effect? Because I really like how he's starting to pull back uh, some I of hope funding so. overseas. I, I love how... I, I, that's one thing I appreciate about him is how he stopped some of these uh, international funding. Like um, Iran said, oh, we need $5 billion to fight COVID-19 in our country. And Trump's like, nah, not happening. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna exercise our veto on that. Thank you very much. So he's so great at that kind of stuff. He's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, the who's top donor was the United States of America. Mm. The number two donor, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Wow, wow. (laughs) So Americans. Yeah. Uh, The number three donor. Then you finally get to the UK. Uh, Then you have the Gavi Alliance. I don't know what that is. Japan, right after them. I mean, so China is is bringing up the rear mm. here with sixty eight million dollars. So, okay. I mean that that isn't that's absolutely incredible that we're about fifteen what fifteen times the contribution to the WHO that China does. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Triple eight nine hundred. 3393 added Pat Unleashed on Twitter. We played that Justin Trudeau. Uh, people shouldn't be talking <laughs> moistly. Yeah, somebody turned that into a song. I don't know if you want to do that, but uh, that that's fun to get to later if you'd like. Yeah, let's see it. Let's see this. Okay. Wash our hands. Wash our hands. Onto our elbows. These are the things, the things we know, we know. If people want to wear a mask, that. <laughs> Is okay. These are the things, the things we know. It's got a good song here. Speaking moistly. Speaking moistly. <laughs> Keep two meters apart. Keep two meters apart, Pat. How far is that? Two meters. Nobody knows. There's no way to tell. And seven miles away from other Canadians. Could be seven miles, could be a thousand miles. I don't know. He's not an You know who's really risen to the forefront? Are uh, are the signers, the the people that sign for the deaf? <laughs> that, uh, that's really yeah. become a thing lately. And I, I speaking moistly. <laughs> She's so confused too. I, I think I think they heard speaking moistly, and they were like, "Wait, what's the what's speaking sign moistly?" For that? <laughs> and I think you have two in Canada, right? I bet one of them's French. I don't know. Oh I, yeah, maybe. Wait, hold on, no, Malinak. No, wouldn't they be expressing the same? I, I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you see know. the smoke coming out of my ears here? Yeah, you've confused Ooh. me too now. <laughs> No, not American I, Sign Language I and Canadian know. Sign Language, Dylan. French and American. French and English. Anyhow, so, but whatever. There's two signers uh, for Justin Trudeau. And, and, and she's uh, looking very confused with the speaking moistly 
a phrase. Speaking moistly. Uh, yeah, we have the video, by the way, that you asked for earlier of the WHO guy. Oh, yeah. China. All right. Watch him, watch him as he's asked about Taiwan and how he plays the Chinese role uh, when just at the, at the very mention of Taiwan. Would the WHO consider Taiwan's membership? Hello? <laughs> Hello? 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 With the, with the... I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah, let me, let, let me, let me repeat the question. No, so... that's okay. Let, let's move to another one then. Huh. Right. Because, so we heard I'm, the I'm question. I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well, on Taiwan's case. Mm -hmm. Hello? Oh, and he hung up. <laughs> so they, they, we they get him back. We decided to give Dr. Alward another call to follow up. Good for them. I just want to see if you can comment a bit on how Taiwan has done so far in terms of containing the virus. Well, we've, we've already talked about China. And, um, you know, when you look across all the yeah, different areas ask you about China. Of, uh, of China, they've actually all done quite a good job. So with that, I'd like to thank you very much for inviting us to participate. And, and I'm blowing uh, and you off completely. go forward with the battle in Hong Kong. See, that's that's the... That's the Chinese agenda that Taiwan is just part of China. That is amazing. That's despicable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Coming up, Congressman Dan Crenshaw of Texas next. Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat uh, Unleashed on Twitter. Got a couple of uh, tweets here. DMX DM. Sounds like Justin Turto <laughs> needs less boxed water so he can stop speaking moistly. Land of the Fleek tweets, if there's one thing I've learned in life, it's to speak moistly and carry a big stick. <laughs> From Pew Pew One Pew. Why can't Blackface Justin complete a sentence without uh-ing and umming 500 times? Well, because he's a buffoon. Uh, Texas, Lori D? No. Kale tastes like spinach and rotten Pringles. <laughs> wow. Spinach and rotten Pringles. When you, why are you eating rotten Pringles no, to even know that, Lori? Weird. I've never seen a rotten Pringle, actually. Because, <laughs> you know, they're in that container that keeps them so fresh for so long <laughs> and unbroken. Uh-huh. Uh, the Wuhan Health Organization <laughs> tweets... Uh, I would hope the one who's actually a doctor could properly don a face mask. Uh, right, you would hope so. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter, uh, waiting for uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, author of the new book uh, Fortitude: American Resilience in the Era Era of Outrage. He joins us now. Uh, hey, uh, Congressman Crenshaw, welcome to the uh, to the blaze. Yeah, I don't. It's not on the. I know it's not on the screen uh, on the here screen. in the studio, but uh, he is on hold in the other room. Uh, we're working on some technical issues, and uh, we will get him to where we can all <laughs> enjoy his presence here. That would be good momentarily. Yeah, anyway, he's one good. of the good guys. He's a great representative, and I'm so grateful that he is in Congress. He's awesome. He is a man's man, he's and awesome. I hope that he shoots for higher office someday. And I don't think that's just me. So. Anyhow, uh, he's isn't. got a new book out, talks about his life, and um, it's uh, it's a great read. So check out uh, Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw. 
American resilience in the era of outrage. And this is a time that we need resilience uh, with what we are facing as a as a nation, for sure. And what we're facing uh, as a as a radio station that doesn't have a working phone system, yeah. apparently. Isn't that fun? This is good stuff. Yeah, that works out really well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I want to talk to him about uh, Pete Davidson recently came out and said that he regrets he regrets kissing and making up with Dan Crenshaw. That is unbelievable. After that Saturday Night Live stuff. I mean, Dan Crenshaw could have probably had his job. Yeah. Had he made a big deal out of that original yep. thing, mm-hmm. he could have gotten the guy fired. Instead, he didn't. He goes on. He plays around. He doesn't take himself too seriously. <clears throat> actually went on the show with the guy. And then... He's such a douchebag. Yeah, a couple weeks later, uh, or, I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago, oh, uh, Pete Davidson was doing an interview where he said, no, I regret that because it helped him get elected. Okay, no. No, it did not. That man was going to get elected. <laughs> helped him get elected. It helped you Pathetic. keep your job on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's amazing. Pete. Really amazing. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. This is how it's going right now. Where it's, you know, but most people uh, are not here at the present time, and so the studio has been a little neglected. And uh, <laughs> that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> the, have the studio has deemed we, itself non-essential. Right. Some of our equipment isn't working. Apparently, we got the phone system that we can't get on the air. We've got the uh, the studio snack area that has been. Decimated. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this. You know what's back there? You go back there and it used to be like you had all kinds of snacks, crackers, cookies, mm-hmm. candy bars, good drinks. Uh, we had... Uh, everything you wanted. Everything you could possibly want. Now, mm-hmm. there's Sprite. Sprite and? And hummus. Hummus. That's what we're down Congressman to. Crenshaw, could you live as a uh, Navy SEAL, could you live off of Sprite and hummus if you were uh, forced to eat uh, and drink just that? Well, I guess you have to. <laughs> all you've got. Um, I don't, so, what, what situation would this be? This would be a strange situation yeah, to be is, in. It our, really would. This is our snack area here at the Blaze. That's all we're left with now. Um, that's our first world problem during this uh, global pandemic. Yeah. Sprite and hummus. But sorry for the technical problems, man. So, oh, Congressman, no worries. Good uh, to be with you guys. Yeah, welcome to the Blaze. Um, you've got this new book out, uh, Fortitude, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. And we could certainly use some American resilience r- right now, almost like never before in our lifetimes. Um, how, are, how are you feeling right now about, because we're all a little torn in this building, about the government mandates and all the restrictions on, on freedom right now. And yet, trying to keep everybody safe. Where where are you on that on that uh, difficult balance to walk? Yeah, that's an interesting question for conservatives um, and, and how we think about personal freedom versus in, in this in this idea that that the government is there to keep you safe from yourself. And uh, we always push in normal life. We always push back against that. Okay, you know, if I want to smoke, I want to smoke. If I want to drive my car fast, I want to drive my car fast. But the here's here's how we have to think a little deeper about that as conservatives it, it's we there's externalities to your own behavior and mm-hmm. the, it, it is the government's job to protect your god-given rights but that also means it's the government's job to protect your rights from other citizens who to intend to infringe on your rights that's why we put people in jail for murder and for stealing and fundamentally, the government's saying, you don't get your liberty anymore because you infringed on somebody else's liberty. 
Okay, so that's the that's the political philosophy behind why government exists. And that's actually pretty applicable to a, a public health issue um, because your behavior can quite literally infringe on the freedoms and life of, of somebody else. Now, striking that balance is incredibly important. And I actually had a, um, some scholars on my, my own podcast um, recently, and there's, there's a whole bunch of literature on this. And it, basically, it, it comes down to this is from even probably, I'm sure they're, because they always are, left-leaning scholars. The, 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 the legal reasoning needs to be the government should still do the least amount possible. Um, and right. should encourage these things, but not necessarily punish. I think even these these uh, left leaning scholars would would are 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 taken aback by this idea that a paddleboarder in California could be arrested. Um, yeah. And then, and then because I think after the fact, you're going to see a lot of lawsuits against um, against authorities um, for for these fines and for these punishments because it's a, you know. It's one thing for the government to insist strongly that you don't go out. It's it's quite another to say that we're, we're going to release criminals from prisons, but we're we're going to arrest you for being outside. I, I think that's exactly. So there's a delicate balance. Um, absolutely, and and it's it, it's tough to strike that balance, and it's it's really difficult to know exactly what to do to uh you know to mitigate this disease, and yet at the same time. Uh, follow the U.S. Constitution. It's 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 been a tough one. It's it's been tough for us. Um, you grew up in in Katy, Texas. Uh, what what part of what part of Katy did you live in? Were you in the old part or the new part? Oh, I, I'm not even sure how you would describe the old. I was in Williamsburg Settlement, so that was my neighborhood. Okay, that's the old part of the new part. Yeah, it's the old part. I think that's old Katy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We we lived uh, both. Keith and I lived in the Houston area. I lived in uh, Katy for for eight years. Um, oh, really? Great place. Yeah. Great place. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I wouldn't even recognize it anymore. I mean, because now I live more inside the loop in Houston. Okay. I haven't been back home to my old where I grew up in quite a long time. That's not my district. Uh, my district is uh, North Houston and kind of inner West Houston. Yeah, you have kind of an interesting uh, layout of your district, don't you? <laughs> uh, up through yeah. uh, Bush Airport. Look at that. Northwest down into Houston toward Bel Air. I mean, it's all over the oh, yeah. place. That's a fun shape right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's liberals love to post pictures of it as if like as if they like got me. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, look how corrupt you are. And I'm like, what do you mean? How, like, this is this was drawn by this was drawn by a commission of of, of judges most likely. Right, you didn't yes. draw it. Like, you know, it's, and uh, it's such, gerrymandering is such an interesting topic of debate. And um, the first thing, when everybody, somebody gets mad at me because my, my district has a funny <laughs> shape. Like, it, it, here's, here's the question I ask them. I'm like, what makes you mad about this? Well, it's obviously corrupt. Why is it obviously corrupt? Because it's a funny shape. Why does a funny shape mean it's obviously corrupt? And they can't answer that. Because nobody thinks, this is what my book is about. And, well, at least some chapters are about this. Mental fortitude is about the ability to think about what you're saying. And, and ask a few more questions, just a few more. All right, I'm not asking you to be a PhD on a given subject. I'm just saying don't, don't jump to a conclusion. Don't have an emotional reaction or a strong opinion when the reality is you don't know what you're talking about. There's no shame in not knowing. There's no shame in not knowing something. Right. Uh, we can't possibly know everything. 
But there's quite a bit of shame in not knowing something and then having a really, really strong opinion about it. And that, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is an aspect of outrage. This is a driver of outrage culture. And so and gerrymandering is the same thing. It's, it's not, it is not self-evident that there's a connection between corruption and a shape. Now, there, now there might be. There might be. There, you know, more questions need to be asked. Yeah. But, like, you know, looking at my district, if you, if you break down the uh, demographics, it looks a lot like Texas. It's about 30% Hispanic, 37% white, 12% black, 8% Asian. It's almost as if they drew it in order to be the most representative. Um, but people just assume that it's corrupt. And the reality is, is it's, it's also a dense population, suburbia, uh-huh. urban areas. It, you know, it's not easy to make perfect little squares um, in order to capture the right amount of people as per the census. So people just don't think through these things. And yeah. that's, that's the point of, uh, it's the point of the book. It's, the, um, the assumption would be that you tried to draw it that way for the most white people or the most Republicans, right? right, you, you, you've, right. You're trying to eliminate a certain uh, population so that you can have a Republican win that district. Uh, exactly. But that's, that's clearly not the case in your district. You, as you just outlined, the demographics uh, don't tell that same and, story. And let's be clear, you're not the one drawing these lines. And yeah. if you weren't representing no. this district, somebody else would. Right. I mean, seriously. Right, exactly. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just such a funny debate. The, the drawing of districts is always going to be a political conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the people who are against that seem to think that there's some magic formula that you could, that you could put in there. But it's not, it's not, again, it's not self-evident that that magic formula would somehow be more fair or righteous. And, um, yeah, but I didn't mean to go down the rabbit hole of gerrymandering, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's something that frustrates me, so I always have to talk about it for people. So you served uh, in the military from, was it 2006 to 16 as That's a Navy correct. SEAL? Served in Afghanistan, your, but your first deployment was in Fallujah, right? Yeah, my first two deployments were in Iraq, and um, third one was in Afghanistan, where I you know, had to leave early from that deployment, but <laughs> for uh-huh. because I got blown up by a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just that. Yeah. Oh, man. That that chased you out of your deployment? Just getting yeah. blown up by a bomb? The excuses yeah. on this guy. Uh, amazing. Weak. Uh, um, weakness. It was weakness. <laughs> you know, speaking of which. All my friends made fun of me. Um, speaking of which, you know, Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live was, uh, you know, uh, a total uh, jerk uh, about about that. And you were the bigger man. And then you appeared with him on SNL when you could have made. We were just talking about this uh, as we were trying to get your, your the phone uh, to work. Um, you could have made a really big deal out of that and probably cost the guy his job. Instead, you went on Saturday Night Live with him and just didn't take yourself too seriously. And and I thought it was, uh, it, it it was, it was really a class act. And recently now, he said he helps. He he regrets helping you get into office which yeah. he had nothing to do with. Uh, no. and, and you're being the bigger man again, uh, to your credit. It's, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know how you do it because I, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be playing it the same way you are. <laughs> yeah. no, Pete Davidson is in quarantine right now, just thinking about me constantly. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, guess, I, think, I think when he, when he says something controversial, it's, the only, it, it's, it's how he kind of gets famous. But um, well, what he said was he, he regrets making me famous. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, he definitely didn't get me elected. The, the, no. the way this, the way it all sat played out, I was, I was already elected. 
Um, but the uh, I talk about that story in um, in, a, in a chapter called uh, the right sense of shame, and the reason I talk about it there was because the, the way Saturday Night Live played out was an example of of using the right amount of shame and forgiveness, whereas you could totally mm. imagine that entire scenario playing out differently, which is how you described it. Um, unleash the outrage mob, get this guy fired, demand that SNL, you know, bow down to the mob and right and repent and, and all that. And, um, and, and that could have happened easily. They wouldn't have invited me on the show. America would have moved past this one and, and, and moved into their corners and, and nobody would have felt good about it. Um, that's usually what happens, but because we were able to effectively give each other some grace, you know, I, I, I could assume pretty objectively that Pete Davidson meant to have some pretty serious digs against Republicans. It was clearly a biased skit, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the case that he meant to take a real deep dig at a wounded veteran. Um, it just there's a chance that he kind of misspoke or, you know, or, or kind of ad libbed that part. And, um, you know, we'll never really know. But that that was that was certainly a possibility. And so that, that's, a, that's something I talk about in my book is you don't have to assume the worst intentions. And that is a feature of our politics these days. Um, sure assume is. the worst intentions about what somebody is saying. Now, I think Democrats do that a hell of a lot more than Republicans. Um, not saying we, we don't do it, but they, um, but it happens all the time, right? Right. Um, you know, oh, you want, you want to give tax cuts to people. Oh, it's just because your rich overlords are controlling you, right? It's like, okay, first of all, that's not even how campaign finance works. But, <laughs> it's, um, but also it's just that, that's fundamentally not true. Um, there's a much deeper philosophy behind that. But the assumption of bad intentions is just as prevalent. It's prevalent right now mm-hmm. um, as we deal with the coronavirus. And it's, it's getting worse day by day yeah. um, as, as the media and Democrats really double down on this notion that, that Trump somehow has, has this intention to lie and kill people. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's gotten out of control. It has. It, it, it really is. I mean, the kind of language they're using. And you know, if- it's, one, it's, 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 true. it's one thing to say, hey, you had information at this time that you didn't act on. Right. That would be one thing, yeah. right? Yep. That would be an objective criticism. They have not leveled that criticism. Uh, and it's very frustrating because, because it doesn't exist, you know, because they, 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 can't, they can't wrap their heads around the fact that actually Trump acted extremely early, prevented or restricted travel from China in a huge way. And now they're saying, oh, well, it wasn't really a restriction. The name of the book, uh, Fortitude, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage by Representative Dan Crenshaw. Thanks for joining us, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Let me take 60 seconds and tell you about keeps. Kyle and Josh, both losing their hair. No shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in their families. But the way they dealt with their hair loss couldn't have been more different. Kyle kept putting off getting a hair loss treatment. He lost more hair by the day while Josh went to keeps to learn how to keep his hair. 
Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. They're the real deal. The generic versions saved Josh a fortune, and all it took was a quick online consultation. He answered a few questions online, snapped a few pictures of his hair. Then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for Josh. Then it was shipped discreetly to his door. Keeps. It lets you keep your hair without leaving your couch. And to get you started, we're going to get you half off your first order. 50% off. Go to keeps.com slash pat. That's keeps.com slash pat. Pat Gray. Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on uh, Twitter. Uh, let's go to Lori in Washington. Lori, you you sent us the uh, kale tweet, right? Was that the kale tweet yeah. about the about kale tasting like um, rotten Pringles, rotten Pringles, Pringles and spinach? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to know why I know what rotten Pringles taste like? Yeah, yeah. yes, actually, we do. Because I have two little boys who like to go camping. And not put lids on things while we're camping. Uh, so don't call me hmm. out on this, Pat. Come on. <laughs> and honestly, I love the I love the interview with Jen Crenshaw. You guys were giggling mm. like schoolgirls. Yeah. So you were mm. so just happy and <laughs> and and just. Well, he's a damn handsome man for one thing. Secondly, he's uh, a yeah. Navy SEAL. And thirdly, I think we were just uh, giddy that the phones worked. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, I can't. I can't even begin to tell you. My husband wants to retire in Dan Crenshaw's district so he can vote for Dan Crenshaw. He's awesome. I mean, I I think at this point I'd vote for the man for president if he were to run. Uh, he's. Yeah, I don't know. And let's, how many? Let's not talk about that until we can actually go to Kroger again. Uh, true. Yes, it's a good point. All right, thanks, Lori. Uh, okay, and, but wait. She... And how many chances do you have to to vote for a guy who um, looks like a pirate? You know, it's, uh, I mean, it's a good look. That's a fair it's, point. So just because you found rotten Pringles doesn't mean you have to uh, eat, uh, taste them and, and yeah. see what the experience is like. Uh, okay. Anyhow, no, that's fun. No, I totally understand finding uh, rotten food that your kids leave in strange places. I mean, my, my youngest daughter had a, a Ziploc bag with a boiled egg in it in her um, sock drawer once. Uh, for how long? Only God himself knows. <laughs> uh, all right. Steve uh, from Steve42 fame, I think. Uh, yeah. So we, we've got our tweeters who are, uh, who are also calling in this morning <laughs> from Ohio. Hey, Steve. Welcome. How you doing, guys? Hey, doing man. Good. What's up? The, the Crenshaw interview was great. That was Thank awesome. Um, so I wanted to call and mention, um, this organization that's raising some money for mental illness right now. It's called NAMI. Yeah. We say, we signed those pictures for you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to let everybody know they can donate $25 directly to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Okay. It's a charitable organization, tax deductible, um, donate $25 to NAMI. Send me a DM with your address, and I will pay for the postage. And Keith and Pat were so gracious to both sign uh, prints of their uh, podcast photos. So mm. I've got those available. 25 bucks will get you a print. Okay. And um, 
I'll, the the way people can find it is they look for me on Twitter at the Steve at the, I'm sorry at the Steve forty two. I'll tweet it they out. They can go to the they can go to the Facebook group Pat Gray Unleashed, and it's the group with the exclamation point Pat Gray Unleashed. Okay. And the link to that is the pin post on my Twitter and the pin post on the Facebook group, and maybe Keith can forward that out again today but it's a yeah we're gonna we're gonna tweet it out okay awesome appreciate and it especially during this time with the covid nami.org has got a lot of great information for people who are suffering with isolation depression maybe even relapse of addiction so oh awesome it is a great organization thanks a lot steve appreciate thanks it for doing thanks this. for yeah thanks for all you're doing uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three uh and it pat unleashed on twitter by the way, you know, speaking of uh, organizations to to help people get through this really difficult time, Jameis Winston, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Yeah, what's he up to? Jameis Winston. Well, he set up an 800 hotline for COVID-19 <laughs> questions. <laughs> I love this so that much. That he's apparently going to answer. I, I'm sorry. I am not turning to no? Jameis Winston for answers on a deadly disease. What? I'm not doing it. I, I, why, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Yeah, it, he just doesn't seem like the guy to turn to at this time uh, in my life. <laughs> I mean, what else has he got going on? I mean, is it crabbing season? I mean, you know, I know he likes to steal crab legs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he's got nothing going on. He, he's he doesn't a, have a team man right now. Without a team. Yeah. But he. He became a coronavirus expert overnight. And now he's just sitting by the phone. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so I guess I don't know, but I just found it very interesting that Jameis Winston, yeah, is setting up a COVID hotline. So, so is he just literally all I go. can imagine right now is uh, Jameis Winston sitting around his house in his like pajamas, and he's got his phone, and the phone rings. He's like, "It's the uh, coronavirus hotline." Jameis Winston speaking. I mean. <laughs> Anyway, good for him. I mean, he's good doing what he can to help. He's obviously got the time, right? And, uh, right. I'm sure he's got experts. He's got the there time. To, he's uh, got the means to help out. And uh, and there you go. So if you <laughs> want to call that uh, Jameis Winston hotline, only if Jameis answers. I don't want to talk to a doctor. Right. I, I mean, I can talk to a doctor anytime. I want to talk to the expert. Yeah. Jameis Winston. <laughs> Coronavirus. Uh, <sighs> all right. Um. Chris Cuomo manipulating a Donald Trump video. Mm. This is uh, strange. Cuomo has been um, making a lot of noise lately because, first of all, he was he was COVID positive. He then uh, said that he wanted to make our experience so much easier than his was, and he talked about how bad it was for him. And I guess it was pretty bad. He said he woke up and you know is completely soaked in the middle of the night with sweats and then he'd wake up freezing cold and he couldn't breathe and it was really scary and he had like hallucinations i mean it sounds like it well it sounds like he went through the ringer um but uh, but he's also taking time out to manipulate uh donald trump videos right now yeah uh and here here's a look at uh a little time he took to do that get real the past is over. 
There can be no more letting politics reinforce our worst instincts. We need to build on our best instincts. I see. Okay. And that said, while I'm asking you all to do that, okay. the man at the top uh -huh. refuses to change. Uh, okay. Here we go. You said within a couple of days, the cases will be down to zero. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while. But you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else. I'm not going to go out and start screaming, this could happen, this could happen. That's exactly what leadership is. Okay. Anybody can tell people what they want to hear and make it easy. And then you know what you get? Exactly where we are right now. Mm. That was the most asinine statement of leadership I have ever heard. And I can't even dismiss it on the president having 102 fever like I do, because that is clear oh, thinking from him. I'm a cheerleader, so I'm going to lie to you about the realities <laughs> that your parents, your loved ones and Pause. your kids face. He, he's not lying to us. What is he lying to us about? No. He's saying it will be over. It will be over sometime. It's going to pass. Yeah. He keeps saying that over and over and over. And what is it that this douche is doing but politicizing it all? At, at the same time, he's at saying, don't politicize time. it. Yes. At the <laughs> that, as he's accusing Trump of politicizing, he's politicizing. And it's not only that, but as we will illustrate, he is manipulating the video in order to go out of his way to make that point. Right. Oh, boy. Right. It's agonizing. Uh, Fredo is, I, I don't care if he's got 102 temperature or not. He's agonizing. Yeah, well, he cussed on CNN to oh, make no. his point. So, I mean, he? he was obviously upset. Yeah, yes, he is. Obviously upset. Do you want to finish this uh, yes. Cuomo I'm insanity? I'm going to lie to you okay, about the go. realities that your parents, your yeah. loved ones, and your kids face. I'm not going to prepare the way I should because it reinforces the shit I'm telling you. And I'm going to hope that you're okay with it. <laughs> okay, thanks, Fredo. Wow. All right, so can, can we see the Trump uh, video? Without the uh, CNN Without edit? the edit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while. But you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else. But ultimately, mm -hmm. when I was saying that, I'm also closing it down. I obviously was concerned about it because I closed right. down our country right. to China. Why'd you take that part affected. out? Huh. I then closed it down to Europe. That's a big move, closing it down from China and then closing it down from Europe and then ultimately also closing it down taken to the out. UK. Yeah. So, and it was right about that time. But I'm not going to go out and start screaming, this could happen, go. this could happen. Wow. So, I mean, that's again, as president, He took amazing. steps, but those weren't good enough for Chris Cuomo to be able to make his point the way he wanted to. Right. So we have to take that out. So let, Yes. Let's just remove anything that puts this into a good light. But and congrats, shows, yeah. Shows that he is cheerleading, which is exactly what FDR did during uh, during the Great Depression with the fireside chats. What were those? Those were th that was a president cheerleading the country, trying to say, "Hey, better times are coming. They're coming. We're going to get out of this. We're Americans. This is America. We're going to get out of it." Yeah, but um, kudos to uh, CNN. They they were able to play some of the the president's uh, press conference uh, when the pressure is on to not have them on at all. I mean, that's what they're, you know, this, getting pushback. How dare you even air his press conferences? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I guess they air it just to uh, manipulate it. And make Don't it air it. You'll just get your ass kicked even worse by Fox. Go ahead. Don't don't put it on. Just let Fox be the only outlet for people to find him 
every day at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sure Fox would love that. If MSNBC and CNN drop that broadcast, Fox will be only too happy to reap the rewards of that. So go ahead and take them off. Uh, that'll be fine. And we'll just find it uh, on the on the one network that uh, is is willing to show the president of the United States addressing the nation during a time of crisis every day. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Um, time for a little sports, I think, because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't take the insanity. Um, we got some sports in a couple of kids that are uh, playing soccer. Oh, yeah. Were, were they arrested, I hope, after this? <laughs> I hope they were arrested for playing soccer. There's a couple of kids yeah. out on the field together. Uh, here it is. There we go. See, I'm we'll in the soccer now. Oh, oh, right in the oh, head. Hey, Kicked right him in the right. Oh, <laughs> they're training them early to flop. I love it. That's soccer for you. Uh. That's what soccer is all about. <clears throat> I mean, that's that is an obvious flop. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I, I'm at that point where I'm willing to watch. Uh, it has to be little kids, though. Cute little kids like that. Uh, yeah. But I, I'll watch some soccer then. Okay. Uh, you want some basketball too? I yeah, do. Basketball. I mean, uh, this sums up the kind of year it's been in a nutshell with this guy playing basketball out on the court. Uh, uh-huh. Check this out. Okay. So, guys uh, shooting a basket. Now, the ball gets, of course, stuck because that's. Oh. And that, that could very easily oh, be me. The ball is stuck behind uh, the hoop. So, he takes his shoe off to knock it down. Uh, one try, two try. Oh, <laughs> no. The now shoe it's stuck up now there. Now that. Shoe is stuck up with the ball, so he's got a second shoe, and he and gets the shoe down. Now that one's stuck. Now, okay, now he got his, he got, he got his shoes down. Oh, I, oh, now the, it's got stuck a shoe again. Stuck again. Okay, so now we've got the shoe down here. We've got a shoe and a ball up there. Gets the shoe down again. This is not going well, man. Um, finally the the ball oh, comes the ball, down, but, but the now, shoe is still now up there. The shoe is up there, so he uses this shoe to get that <laughs> shoe down. Nope, nope. I'm gonna do it from over here now. Okay. Come and on, that should have done it. You got it. And now both shoes are up there, and he has to climb up the pole barefoot. <laughs> that is 2020 in a nutshell. That's the year we've had. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Jeez. All right, 888 With home security, there's, there's a couple of ways you can go about protecting your home. The traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician, technician to come out and do a messy installation that costs a fortune and messes up your house. Or... There's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Blanket your whole home safely. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts um, that alert you to anyone approaching your home. You get the entry, the motion, the glass break sensors, all guarding you uh, in your home. And you barely notice any of it's there. Plus, you're going to get the monitoring for so much less than the other guys. My bill had gotten to about 60 bucks a month before I switched to Simply Safe. $15 a month. Uh, you, okay, so you want to go $60 a month with a two-year uh, contract? Or do you want to pay 15 bucks a month and you're not, you're not locked into a contract? It's up to you. You know, it's up to you. Like 50 cents a day, no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash unleash today. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. 
Got nothing to lose here. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed. Got some tweets here at Pat Unleashed from Alyssa. Just want to let you guys know that the Pathead family is amazing. Feel completely blessed to have to have you all, especially in the past six weeks of my life. Thank you for simply being who you all are, Patheads. Yeah, good, good group of people, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Tyler Morgan, would Jameis Winston throw as many bad answers as he did interceptions? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think it's possible, is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did he have? Thirty in interceptions last year. Uh, 30, 30. Yeah, 30 for 30, yeah. right? Because that's, that's what the whole joke was. I he think threw. it was 30 touchdowns or mm-hmm. 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. No, no. Uh, uh, because was it exactly 30 and 30? Something like that. Anyhow, I think his first pass of the year was a touchdown uh, for the Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken. And his last pass, I know, was a touchdown for the Falcons in overtime. That's how he finished his season. Nice. So that was great. But yeah, we're just waiting for the mm. uh, Jameis Winston coronavirus hotline to ring here. Um so uh, we got our Jameis Winston coronavirus uh, tips and tricks. With whatever, whatever your question is, Jameis can answer it. <laughs> uh, Amy What's-Her-Face tweets, I just imagined what caring for a sick Chris Cuomo would look like. <laughs> Prayers for his wife. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's got to be a rough household right now. Stephen English uh, tweets, can't we just collectively decide Trump is president for the next four years and let Joe go to bed? Yes, as far as I'm concerned, we can. Uh, but uh, that might that might upset some people. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, tough, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the Bernie uh, bros, man. What are they going to yeah, do? Who are I they going to vote for? I don't know. Because a lot of them, like 15% of them say they're not going to vote for uh, Biden. They're going to go with Trump. Oh, with Trump. That's what they said. <laughs> That's what they said in the we, last survey I saw. 15% of them said they would vote for Trump if Bernie is not the nominee. Well, I love that. I mean, that gives Trump the presidency right there. Okay. Uh, no, don't do that. Yeah, I know. Oh, ow, ow. Please okay, don't go throw ahead. me into that briar patch. Right? <laughs> so if you missed it, Bernie uh, ended his, his campaign yeah. yesterday. So that's over. And uh, Joe, Joe Biden's going to be your nominee. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. A guy who may have onset of uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that that's the case. It kind of seems like it. Other times he's, you know, coherent. <laughs> but there are time, many times when he has not been. Well, a lot of people that listen to this program, a lot of Pat has pointed out on Twitter yesterday, he seemed so coherent and knew exactly what he was. He was in charge of the conversation about Fig Newtons and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> But ask yeah. him about a policy position. Yeah, that's true. He can't do it. And he is out to lunch. Yeah, really true. But boy, he was really... Uh, Very true. He, he knew his stuff with the Fig Newtons. <laughs> he did. He did seem to, didn't he? Uh, he's really passionate about Fig Newtons. So what are you going to do? Uh, Susan in Rhode Island, you're on the blaze. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. It's Good Nana morning. Padhead. How are you? Hello, Hello lady. How are you? I'm hanging in. We're hanging in here. We had some bad news on the doggy, as I'm sure you saw on yeah. the tweets. Um, yeah. She's gone in again today for mm. her insulin shots, but we'll deal with that. We mm. can deal with that. All the best. You're going to hate on me for this, and I hope that you don't hate on me for this. 
I have to jump off the Crenshaw bandwagon. Oh, how come? Have you looked at his Liberty score lately? I have not. He's no. not even two years in, and he's already at a dismal 73% and dropping every month. Is he really? That's what matters, how he's voting. Well, yeah. With us or against us. Yeah. Yeah, so I That's looked up. we have to pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, I, I looked up his voting record here, and um, it looks like some of the things like Conservative Review is uh, disagreeing with him on is um, the coronavirus spending bill that we just passed that huge one that only did thomas, he vote for it yeah that only thomas massey stood against yeah oh he, yeah everybody did well i mean it how, i guess he's not on record right we didn't do we did a voice vote but somehow they've got him listed as uh mm-hmm. having uh, voted for it um let's see what else here um which is a big one i mean you know I, it, that's it is uh, not conservative. These right. bills are not conservative. Another big spending uh, bill at, at Christmas time, the minibus. That he voted for? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another 19. It's all spending bills. Uh, it, this says pass a $19 billion spending bill without funding for the border crisis. Wow. So they're saying they disagree with him. And one other one here was uh, reduce accountability in Congress by making federal pay mandatory spending. I don't recall that one. I mean, he's not the only one. Right. But that doesn't make it okay for him. Correct. So we'll have to keep an eye on but, that. But I mean, they agree. I mean, this is, uh, there's about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 things they agree on, four they disagree on as far as conservative review and um, Dan Crenshaw, 11 out of 15. So the spending's a tough one because if you, if you go up against this president, you're going to get your head kicked in. Uh, by his supporters and by other Republicans. Because Donald Trump now, whether you like it or not, just is the Republican Party. And if you dare oppose anything he says or does, you get your head kicked in. So I, I don't know if he's, if that's the problem or if he's, you know, everybody's just been convinced that spending is absolutely necessary right now. It's critical to spend Another four trillion dollars, six trillion, eight trillion. I don't know. Where's it going to stop? A hundred trillion? I don't know. How much do we need to spend right now? When the printers run out of ink, that's when it stops. Well, then we'll borrow ink from the Chinese. Oh, we'll keep printing then. Okay. So there's no end to it. There's just no Uh, end. We're going to cut down all three trillion trees in the world, turn them into. Paper money mm-hmm. and just keep printing money. Just keep it going. Keep it going. <sighs> Not a problem. Don't worry about it. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, the jobless numbers are out for last week. Now, you know, it was 3.3 million ish the first week, it was 6.9 million the next week. So it was about 10 million for the first two weeks of this thing. Last week, another 6.6 million. So we're at about 16.6 million unemployed uh, since this began. It's got to stop. It really has to stop. We've got to turn this engine back on. I, I don't know how you do that in the face of the pandemic. I will say that some of the states that are not under house arrest... Their numbers are falling as well as the other states who are under house arrest. Essentially house arrest. That's, that's how Ron Paul kind of sums it up. 
Ron Paul says resistance is building finally to house arrest orders. It's about time. And uh, he's right about that. Uh, as Americans, I think we should be a little more concerned than we are about what the government is mandating what we can and can't do. 888 uh, And, oh, Zeke Emanuel and many other Democrats this week have been saying that this is not going to end at the end of this month or next month. This is going to continue for the next 18 months. A year and a half? We're, we're going to go like this for a year and a half? No, we're not. I mean, that's impossible. Is Zeke Emanuel saying that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he'd like that. Yeah. Zeke Emanuel, one of the founding fathers of Obamacare and uh, and the death panels, uh, if you remember his, what was it called? The something lives system, the full full lives system, or I don't know. He's He's got that. He's got that formula where we have to figure out how many potatoes you uh, manufacture and how many potatoes you eat. And and if you pick more potatoes than you eat, we can let you live. Complete live system. Complete live system. That's what it was. Yeah, so probably his take is that uh, if a Democrat is elected president, this will end on January 20th, 2021. If not, and it's Trump reelected, this is going to last for another four years beyond. I'm guessing. I don't know, but the, the, it, it's a lot of Democrats are saying this is going to go on for a year and a half, that we can't restart the engine for a year and a half. Well, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Because mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be gone by then. The United States of America will be gone oh, in a yeah. year and a half. And this will give You've them got nothing to go back to. The excuse they want to implement every socialist idea sure. and paradise that they can that, imagine. There's your chance to restart America in your socialist vision. If you destroy this country in a year and a half, yeah. I, I, you're, you can do whatever you want at the end of that because there's going to be nothing left. It's absolutely ludicrous that, that you would say that we can continue in this manner for a year and a half. <laughs> Jeez. You talk about people dying, they'll be starving to death in a year and a half. 888 uh, let's see. We got some tweets here. Swank think tweets. You know what I want from a president during a crisis? I want them running around screaming as if their hair is on fire during press conferences. <laughs> I want no information or guidance, and I certainly don't want them being positive in any form. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that apparently is what Chris Cuomo wants from Joe McCuller. When Biden speaks, if you look real close, you can see Jeff Dunham's lips move. <laughs> and real Tyler Morgan <clears throat> Biden is running for president for the t- third time you know what they say third time is the you know it's in the thing this is the, the thing, it's, the yeah. thing. <laughs> it's in the thing now that's, that's what they funny. say that's good stuff yeah it is uh, alright let's go to Rick in Pennsylvania hey Rick you're on the blaze hey Pat and hey. Uh, Keith how you guys doing doing good on? <laughs> With all this uh, talk about what's going on in this world, uh, I thought I'd bring up some sports stuff here with Keith. You'll mm-hmm. love this, Pat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about the new uniforms? Mm, the Atlanta Falcons' new uniforms? Yes. <sighs> I could go either way, but I'm leaning toward not impressed, and I think the clincher is the 
The big gaudy ATL on the chest. Oh, look, we're hip. <laughs> look at us. We've got the abbreviation. I think it's stupid. I mean, my wife yeah. made the point that uh, the only thing that would be worse than having the ATL on the chest is if it said Hotlanta. But uh, yeah, right. anyhow. Right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's as close as I could get you guys to sports. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I wish they would go back to the 1970s. The Steve Barkowski Thanks, red appreciate uniforms it. and red helmet, the old school logo. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, I was- yeah, I was looking forward to the red helmets too, but oh well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I love how the Carolina Panthers yesterday trolled the Falcons with uh, with uh, the uh, Adam Sandler uh, uniforms. There uh, looks pretty close. Looks just like it. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, th- th- thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it Pat unleashed on Twitter. The AT. That's some. That's like something the XFL would do if they had a team in in Atlanta. They'd call it the ATL. You know what that is? That's like you're trying to be too hip there. That's like if your dad is trying to be really hip and mm-hmm. he's like, "So I uh, hear you're going to the to Atlanta for the weekend, the old ATL." Okay, I got it. And I realize it was a rap thing. Probably is where that got started. And so it's just it's it's not it's not hip. It's. No, it's stupid. It's it's a dad joke at this point. Stupid. The old ATL. So anyhow, there you go. New Falcons. Seven new NFL uniforms this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you got mm-hmm. I think the see the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the Browns. I forgot the other four off the top of my head, but uh, numerous teams are uh, unveiling new logos. Let's this hope we year. get a chance to see them. Mm-hmm. Let's hope we get a chance to see them. NFL's gonna do it. You know it. I hope so. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. A couple of doctors, uh, one Dr. Scott Jensen in Minnesota and a doctor in uh, Montana discussing causes of death in their states. Let's uh, let's uh, listen to Dr. Scott Jensen, what he has to say in Minnesota, uh, discussing what's going on right now with the cause of death. You just said, I think is critically important. Can you repeat what you just said, please? Well, last Friday, I received a seven-page document that sort of told me that if I had an 86-year-old patient that had pneumonia but was never tested for COVID-19, but sometime after she came down with pneumonia, we learned that she had been exposed to her son who had no symptoms but later on was identified with COVID-19, that it would be appropriate to diagnose on the death certificate COVID-19. Now, we've not done that. If someone has the pneumonia after, and, and it's in the middle of a flu epidemic and I don't have a test on influenza, I don't diagnose influenza on the death certificate. I will say uh, this elderly patient Sir, died of pneumonia. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, my heart is sinking right now as you're telling me this. You're, you're a doctor. Why in the world would they be sending you out information to fill out death certificates, whether the person's been diagnosed with COVID-19 or not, but then to say in the death certificate, this person's death was caused by COVID-19? That, that does not sound right to me. I went to the person in our office who does most of the death certificates over the last you know, 10, 20 years, and I said, does this sound right? I had her look at the documents that I printed off, and she said, well, we've always been told that you always put down just facts. You don't put down any probabilities. You don't put any presumptions down. It's just what you know. And so this is concerning, and, and it actually gets to your point, Chris. When we start talking about the data that goes into the modeling, we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we being forthright? Are we sharing with the public? Minnesota, North Dakota, we don't need to be having it sugar-coated. We want to know but, what's going into your modeling. 
So with that being said, why would they want to skew the number of deaths due to COVID-19? Well, fear is a great way to control people. And I worry about that. I worry that sometimes we're so darn interested in just jazzing up the fear factor. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're inflating the numbers by doing that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, so that's the, that's the issue there is they're inflating the number. And what we're being told by the media is that the numbers are probably much higher than are being reported. Well, that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. I th- they're, it's probably more likely that they're a lot lower than what's being reported. Yeah, so that's been a rumbling on the internet for the last couple of weeks with with um, just citizens who are relaying information about uh, their family members. Mm-hmm. And now you've got doctors who are coming out and doing these interviews you got that guy on a TV station in Fargo, I believe it was. And now we got yet another doctor at some seminar or something. In uh, Montana. In Montana, yeah. Annie Bukacek, here's what she says about the death Physicians certificate process. Physicians make their best guesstimate hmm. and fill out the form. Then that listed cause of death, whatever we list, is entered hmm. into a vital records data bank to use for statistical analysis, which then gives out inaccurate numbers, as you can imagine. Those inaccurate numbers then become accepted as factual information, even though much of it is false. Hmm. So, even before, before we heard of COVID-19, death certificates were based on assumptions and educated guesses that go unquestioned. When it comes to COVID-19, there is the additional data skewer that is, get this, there is no universal definition of COVID-19 death. The Center for Disease Control, updated from yesterday, April 4th, still states that mortality, quote unquote, data includes both confirmed and presumptive positive cases of COVID-19. That's from their website. Translation, the CDC counts both true COVID-19 cases and speculative guesses of COVID-19 the same. They call it death by COVID-19. Wow. They automatically overestimate the real death numbers mm. by their own admission. Huh. Mm. <laughs> there you go. From two doctors, two separate doctors in two separate states. It's yeah. amazing. The other thing that's happening is, for instance, uh, when they had the first death in Alaska, the, the person from Alaska died in Seattle because they were visiting in Seattle. So Alaska counted them because it's an Alaska res- Alaskan resident. Mm-hmm. And Seattle counted them because they Whoa. died in Seattle. What? So they're counted in both states. How many times has that happened? God. How many times has that happened? A lot. You know that's happened not just in Alaska and Washington. Yeah. And I saw a chart where it said like they estimated the number of beds they were going to need is six times lower uh, than they originally estimated just a week ago. So, so they, 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 they made this prediction a week out, said we're going to need, I think it was 240,000 beds or something like that, and they ended up only needing like 45,000, something like that. Wow. So the news is positive if yes, you look for it, it and you find it these brave voices speaking out. Right. So I, let's and why would they do that? Why would they overcount them? <laughs> I love that doctor. I love the, like, count from the, the, the answer from the doctor. Um <sighs> Fear is a really effective way to control people. There it is. There it is. Start it up, boys. Hmm. Start up the economic engine. Interesting. Let's go.
And we should be starting wear, up the economy. Wear your masks if you need to. Yes. No one is saying yes. don't wear your masks. I know there are municipalities. Wear gloves. Like, wear masks. Yeah. And, and, and if you have a city like Laredo, Texas, or I think it's uh, Glenwood, Colorado, something like that, that are forcing you to wear a mask, then take it up with your local officials. Okay? Mm-hmm. No one should be mandating that you wear a mask. So you can make that choice on your own. No one's saying don't go out without a mask if that makes you feel better, more comfortable. But we've got a country that's on its economic knees, as evidenced by these job numbers that were just released. We're now up to 17 million Americans have filed for unemployment insurance in the last three weeks. That's devastating. We need to fire up the engines again. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and a pat unleashed on Twitter. Let me take sixty seconds. Tell you about Genesis nine fifty. If you've been thinking about replacing your carpets because you got some pet stains, it just won't come out. And you've tried virtually everything. Let me suggest, before you tear up your carpets and buy new carpeting, try Genesis 950. With water, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from carpet and padding. And it can be used in carpet machines, carpet cleaning machines, and it's so green, it's safe for your family and your pets. My wife absolutely loves this stuff and won't be without it one gallon of industrial strength genesis 950 can make up to seven gallons of cleaner and you could do a larger ratio uh it might be required for older stains that have been there a really long time but it also disinfects it kills viruses mix one third genesis 950 with two-thirds water spray on the surface wipe clean with fresh water it's that easy same instructions apply for use on floors. Genesis 950, it's not just for pet stains. You can use it to clean and disinfect your entire house, bathrooms, kitchens, countertops, granite quartz, uh, garage floors, the oil. It'll get the oil and grease stains off. Uh, it's fantastic. Such a great product. Genesis 950, it's available on Amazon.com. If you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll get, also get a free spray bottle and a discount using the offer code blaze genesis 950.com offer code blaze that gray unleashed all right if you missed it uh bernie sanders dropped out of the presidential race it is now uh joe biden's uh, it's it's his nomination, really. I mean, I, I can't imagine anything now happening at the virtual convention they're going to do to to mess up that <laughs> to mess up that process. He's just going to be the nominee. The virtual that that's going to be a tough place to uh, try to uh, sneak away with the nomination. There, you're not going to be able to do it like is. a floor fight or something like that. Right? And, yeah, it's almost impossible now. Joe Biden's your nominee. That's why he's pushing for that virtual. Uh, yep. Yep, you get a bunch of people that are actually there and working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Somebody could maybe manipulate the process. The momentum of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Joe woke up from a nap, said, huh, I, I, I need a virtual, virtual, virtual. Yeah, and, so that's and then what, went back to bed. Yep, and you know that's what they're, what they're going to do uh, because you can't have 30,000 people gathering together in, what, July? There's, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way they're going to be able to do that. Especially not with the... It's convenient that the threats from the Bernie Bolsheviks yeah. lingering out there as well. Right. You don't want to tempt fate there, Milwaukee. Right. 
So you got Joe, um, and uh, Joe's got some issues. I, I think Joe is completely beatable. I mean, you've got you, you've got the mental lapses. You've got the accusations against him of the sexual assault from the woman who worked for his uh, that was on his staff back in I think it was 1991 or 1993 somewhere in there. And uh, he's hasn't said anything about it. He said nothing about it. His campaign <laughs> came out and denied it, but he hasn't yeah, yet. Has he had to? I mean, no. is he not being pressed on it, right? No, he's not being pressed on he, it he's at got, all. He's got that D after his name that makes him invincible to such charges. And you've got Ma- Alyssa Milano, the big uh, Me Too activist, who now all of a sudden has changed her tune. She said uh, months ago that you have got to believe women who accuse these men of uh, of sexual misconduct. And if some of the men are innocent, so what? Tough. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, now that her guy, uh, Joe Biden, who she is endorsing for president, now that he's been accused, what does she have to say? I endorsed Joe Biden. Yeah. Okay, good. And there have been accusations against Joe um, about right. sexual uh, about a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Right, and people and were saying, "How so, can you do that?" Because so you're... I was. Um, mm-hmm. I have not publicly said anything about this okay. because I believe that um, even though we should believe women, and that is an important thing, and what that sure. statement really means is like. Uh-huh. Like, you know, for so long, the the go-to has been not to believe them. So, yeah. really, we have to sort of societally ch- change societally. that mindset <laughs> to believing women. But that uh-huh. does not mean at the expense of not, um, uh, uh-huh. you know, giving uh, men uh, their due process and, oh, and investigating like situations. Oh, I see. Uh, I like that. Oh, I like that. You know, it, it, it's got to be. So does Joe. It's got to be, it's gotta be fair in, in both directions. Oh, it does now, really? Huh. <laughs> now it has to be fair in both directions, and now all of a sudden they need their due process. <laughs> huh. Isn't that fascinating? <sighs> that is awesome. That is, I mean, the hypocrisy is just despicable. Now, Rose McGowan, <laughs> who is Ms. Me Too, and she is, I mean, she doesn't cut any man, any slack. She's a little pissed at Alyssa Milano now and tweeted out, you are a fraud. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. I love it. When liberals eat their own, it's just, it's a joyful process, isn't it? <laughs> I know I'm a bad person for, <laughs> for feeling that no, way. No, no. You, you're you're a living, breathing person for feeling that way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't get it. Frankly, stuff. right now, I don't care. Yeah. It's just a joyful process. Yeah, let us have it, man. <laughs> this is about holding the media accountable, Rose writes. You go after Trump and Kavanaugh, right, saying, believe victims. You are a lie. You have always been. <laughs> been a lie yes the corrupt dnc is in on the smear job of tara reed that's joe biden's accuser and so are you shame 
That is a strong rebuke of one of her own. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love that little feud too. It's I fun. love it. That's that is fantastic. Uh, Alyssa's only response was, I explained my silence on the allegations against Joe Biden. I'm still endorsing Joe Biden. Oh, okay. Well, that was powerful. Ooh, that Thank was, you. That wow. Was... Now I'm convinced you're not a hypocrite. <laughs> I've explained my silence explained. on Joe Biden. Yeah. I support Joe Biden. Whoa, okay. I'm convinced. You're good. Wow. That was really, really powerful. Right? Thank you, Alyssa. I mean, how great is that to have Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan, two of the most irritating people on the face of this planet, to be at loggerheads with each other now? Oh, that's a shame. That's just too bad. Darn it. Oh, well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. We should play this uh, toilet paper uh, video that Keith claims is... So fabulous. Some guy apparently yeah. went out. Yeah, don't set it up like that. Yeah. On a mission. Yeah, he goes and he's looking for toilet it's paper. It's tough finding toilet paper these days. And, and, he and brings some, it home. sometimes you have to. You know. I just went yesterday. And yeah. you found I, it? I mean, it from one end of the aisle to the, you know, and it, it's a big aisle, the paper aisle, because it's got tissue and it's got. You got Walmart or something? Uh, paper towels and it's got the toilet paper. I was at uh, Kroger. Okay. Completely in, not one thing on yeah. four levels of shelving. Yep, and all the way down the aisle. And I guess in some parts of the country, it costs so much more than it used to. As evidence, oh really? Yeah, as evidenced by this video, as you will see. All right, let's see uh, it. Check this guy. He comes home. He's like, Kinsey, I got some. He got some. Wait, Whoops. whoa! And then we're in the basketball <laughs> video. Here we go. Kinsey, I got some. Got some. Look at this. But you're not gonna believe what it costs me. <laughs> oh no! An arm and a leg. <laughs> uh huh. That guy. That's funny. I had to give an arm and a leg for that's funny. Four pack of TP. There's a, there's a guy with a sense of humor. Yeah, who's had a couple of issues with an arm and, and a leg. Prosthetics. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> See? 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 I love it when Pat sets up a video like he doesn't care. He's oh, not interested great. in it. And then we bring it home no, to the very. That wasn't end. my intent. I wasn't uh-huh. trying to set it up as okay. if I didn't care. Uh-huh. I really wasn't. I mean, it wasn't an animal video. I realize that the standard for those is right. whoo, astronomical. I've got to, yeah. I got to come with some game, which I'm going to tomorrow with a uh, woodchuck with a peach. <laughs> so be tuned in to you, Pat you've Gray. set that one up in a tasty way. Pat Gray, unleashed. wow, a woodchuck with a peach. We got to watch that. I mean, it's Ooh. Corona Central, baby. <laughs>